Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey there, it's the Planet Football Podcast. Grant Wall here with Luis Miguel Echegaray, and obviously the circumstances are a little unusual here, my friend. They are very unusual, but it's always good to talk to you and uh, you know discuss what's going on, not just in soccer, but around the world. Yeah, uh, you and I are both at home uh, right now, as just about everyone in New York is who doesn't have to be somewhere for work. A lot of respect for those guys. Obviously, coronavirus has become a lot more serious everywhere, but including in the United States in recent days. And uh, just be safe, everyone. Uh, I think uh, we're finally starting to get an idea of how serious this is going to be, how long the sports world is going to be shut down, but also how daily life is going to be really impacted uh, for a long time here. And how are you dealing with things? Yeah, thanks for asking. I think um, just for our listeners, you know, uh, Grant and I discussed that when we wanted to do this podcast, obviously continue with it, was also to really touch on the human element. You know, because sports aside, this is really about us, people, and the different, you know, obstacles that they have to go through right now during uh, COVID nineteen. Um, it's been it's been tough for 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 me and my family. You know, uh, not so much you know personally me, but my wife is a public school teacher, and as some may or may not know, you know, it only came until yesterday on Sunday when New York City decided to do the right thing and, and close schools. Um, I don't want to get too much into it, but it was a very, you know, uh, tough situation for a lot of public school teachers and staff and parents and children because, you know, ultimately, you know, schools are not just there to educate, but they're also are havens and nurturing places for kids. But really, it was a, a really tough time for for educators these last few days, uh, just, you know, basically hoping that the state and the city was, was going to come to its senses and, and close everything. Because as you said at the very beginning, you know, this is a, a time now where social distancing is key. Staying at home is key. Large crowds are, are, are not something that anybody wants to do at this situation. And obviously schools being, 
uh, in the city at least 500 uh, you know people inside buildings it's just it was just a recipe for disaster so it's been tough but you know now you know we're, we're all coming to the realization that it's getting a little bit easier so so things are a little bit better but you know i think it's all about being defined and just being strong and, and having unity with with everybody how about you how are yeah. you I, I i'm doing okay you know um as most listeners probably know my wife uh, is a infectious disease doctor uh she was on the podcast uh that came out last thursday talking about all this and you know, just to give you a sense of how things have advanced, even then, uh, which seems like a world ago, uh, she was recommending that games be played without crowds. And now we are in a situation where the games aren't happening at all. And we've got athletes who have tested positive for the coronavirus. I think uh, the Rudy Gobert situation in the NBA was uh, a moment when people really took stock of how serious this could be and, and that the game shouldn't be taking place at all. Uh, and then I think it was also a big deal Sunday night when the CDC came out and said, we recommend that there be no gatherings in the entire United States of more than 50 people for the next eight weeks. So not two weeks, not three weeks, eight weeks. And I think that was the moment when people maybe started to understand the gravity of this situation and that at least in a sports sense, it's going to be a really long time before we see uh, sports uh, get back up to speed and take place again. And uh, we're just going to have to, to deal with that. Sports are our livelihood, uh, but some things are bigger than sports and, uh, and public safety is a big part of that. Uh, we are going to talk about soccer uh, in this podcast. So don't worry, guys. U.S. soccer has given us plenty to talk about uh, with their meltdown. But I, I do think it's important just to uh, to share what we're experiencing here. And we know that listeners are experiencing a lot of this stuff too. You know, I am indoors all day at home here. Um, you know, New York City, where we live, has shut down uh, restaurants, bars, gym starting tonight except for like takeout uh delivery um and so we're getting toward a situation here where it's just going to be grocery stores pharmacies open uh i think and um so you know like just wash your hands folks use sanitizer stay at home anything non-essential outside where you live if you can do if you don't have to go outside don't do it because uh, this is serious stuff. And this week, the next two weeks are going to be really important to see if the United States can not become Italy because you don't want to become Italy right now. Yeah. And to just adding to literally that last point, let's learn from that. Let's, you know, you know, if we're all on social, we're reading, learn from what these countries have been going through. Italy, uh, Spain now also becoming... Uh, just as uh, you know, emphatic in terms of of the cases. So just, we just need to learn. And the last thing that I'll say is, I think this is a perfect opportunity to just be united in whatever that may be. You know, I was watching clips this weekend of obviously the viral clips in Italy where people in their balconies singing and listening to opera singers. And then in Spain, everybody clapping as a way to thank their health workers. Uh, I mean, you know, even something as simple as that can just 
you know, offer so much in terms of unifying. So, you know, let's learn, wash those hands, stay at home and just keep, keep listening and, and staying united. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and there is, as I mentioned, some soccer to talk about. Uh, U.S. soccer had a total meltdown uh, last week, and Carlos Cordero, the president, resigned. Cindy Parlo Cohn, the vice president, now takes over as the federation president. Uh there is a huge leadership vacuum right now in U.S. soccer. There is no CEO. There hasn't been for a while. There's no vice president. There's no chief commercial officer now that Jay Burhalter is gone. Sunil Gulati is no longer the immediate past president, so he's now off the board. And uh, maybe the best thing to do here is just to sort of fill people in on what, what caused this, what happened. Uh, obviously, U.S. soccer being in a meltdown isn't, uh, the most recent development, this has been pretty much the case for the last couple of years, ever since the U.S. men failed to qualify for the World Cup. Uh, but the latest situation was that the legal strategy for the U.S. Soccer Federation has had come out over the last couple of weeks. And on Monday last week, it was more crystal clear than ever that they were using a legal argument that women were inherently... Uh, lesser than men, that they didn't have the same ability, they didn't have the same responsibility, they didn't have the same skill as the U.S. men's team, and that's why they weren't paid equally. And that kind of strategy, it, it, it just makes absolutely, it's, it's so stupid on, on, behalf, on the part of U.S. soccer. Uh, and it, it may have helped win them a case in a, in a court of law, but nobody there seemed to take into account that you can win a case and, and still lose. And, and that's what happened with this strategy, which is just, you know, completely offensive. And uh, sponsors for U.S. soccer, like Coca-Cola was the first one, but later on Volkswagen and Budweiser and others uh, called out U.S. soccer in very stark terms, saying this was offensive, they wanted to talk to U.S. soccer immediately, uh, and then the players protested for their She Believes game on Wednesday night by turning their warm-up shirts 
inside out so that the shield of U.S. soccer uh, was invisible and all that was there was the four stars. And it was just a genius protest. And then the players, instead of taking a picture before the game of the starting 11, had all of the players there in that protest, not smiling for the cameras. And it, it was just a really dignified way to protest and then Carlos Cordero uh, issued an apology literally late in that game but that night I wrote a column that Cordero should resign uh, that was the the first thing that should, should happen not the only thing and then the next day Cordero did in fact resign uh, so that's where we are uh, as of right now here and uh, as you were watching all of this, what was going through your mind? Well, the the first thing that came to my mind was, and you wrote it, and obviously uh, it's no surprise that we often always come in agreement with these things. This is, you know, as horrific as those legal statements were, um, and, you know, how everybody reacted to it, the sad reality is that this is actually emblematic of uh, of a culture that's existed in U.S. soccer for years now. This isn't something new. So the scary thing about it all was the fact that, you know, these legal statements about basically stating that, you know, women are inferior to men, you know, was at some point approved, right? It was at some point, um, you know, sort of uh, partnered alongside the thoughts of U.S. soccer. And that's, to me, the scariest thing. And, and Carlos Cordero knows this. He knows this. And that's, you know, one of the many reasons why he resigned. But there is now, I mean, if there wasn't before, it definitely exists now. There is a clear, clear underlining thread of misogyny within the organization and just a lack of understanding. And you can throw away any kind of, like, you know, woke kind of mentality or storyline this is about you know what's right and how female players in this country has just have just been completely not just disregarded but insulted and it's just emblematic of of something that's been going on for years and years and years yeah it, it, we've kind of suspected it we've sort of hinted at it you know we, we've talked about it but never before had u.s soccer put this in writing yeah. on behalf of the federation yeah and, and it, it's it, the whole thing is, is just tells you all you sort of needed to know about the judgment lack of judgment of the people in charge and i get that there are lots of questions about the u.s soccer board of directors right uh how much did each one of them know what did each of them think and i will say this the reason i did not call for the resignation of the entire board in my column is that I know that there are people on the board who don't feel this way. And I don't think every single one of them should have to go, but you know that there are people on the board who do think that way. And I'm trying to find out who those people are. Um, and I, I can't tell you for certain right now, uh, Lydia Walke, the, the general counsel for us soccer should go. Yeah. in a heartbeat because she's in charge of coordinating that legal strategy with their hired law firm. And either she knew about it and approved it and as a result should resign, or she didn't 
approve it, didn't know about it, and then she should resign as well. She's kind of either or, I think. Um, but you know, the rest of the board needs to take a very long, hard look at itself about how this board functions because it looks entirely dysfunctional to me. Um, and Cindy Parlo is gonna, uh, Cindy Parlo Cohn is gonna face just a huge challenge here. This is a thankless job. She gets paid zero money for it, as do everyone on the board. Nobody gets paid. Um, and she's got to figure things out here when there's a power vacuum, when it's possible for for sinister negative forces to to get power potentially here. So like it, it's not necessarily going to get better. So the U.S. soccer needs to to figure out next steps uh, moving forward here. And there's going to be a World Cup here in 2026. Uh, it's it. I've never seen U.S. soccer in a position like this, and I do plan to write a column this week on what those challenges are and how they should at least try to deal with them. Um, More urgently, Grant, the, I had a question, um, which I'm sure a lot of listeners are trying to, and, and of course, please visit us on, on Planet Football as not just Grant, but, you know, our great Michael McCann also wrote a great, you know, piece from a legal standpoint. Where do we go from here at a more immediate situation? As the trial set to begin May 5th, right? you know, uh, it seems obviously, as, as as McCann noted, that a settlement is now more than likely in favor of, 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 of the players. Where do we go from here? Well, there's multiple cases right now, and I think U.S. soccer needs to get out from under all of these lawsuits and first and foremost, get this case with the U.S. women's players settled. Get it behind them. Because I know there were people on the board saying that. Don Garber was actually one of them, saying that to Carlos Cordero for months. Get this settled. Get it behind you. And that didn't happen. But now you would think it, it would have to happen. Um, but there's other lawsuits as well. Hope Solo has a similar lawsuit against the U.S. Soccer Federation. Right. Uh, the the NASL does. Uh, the U.S. Soccer Foundation, a charity, sued U.S. Soccer. That uh, has continued. Um, and so that would be the first thing, I think. But I think U.S. Soccer now needs to get a new general counsel. Um, and so the trial was supposed to start May 5th. Now, with coronavirus shutting down so many aspects of public life, that may or may not happen. The Olympics may or may not happen. Yeah. Uh, U.S. soccer already canceled the men's and women's national team games in March and April. So we'll have to see how much can actually get done here. But I think U.S. soccer just needs to, to take action and do something to get these lawsuits behind them because so much about recent months was things weren't getting done. Yeah, and it just goes back to my very first point, which is just emblematic of a culture that just straight up just needs to change. I think it, this is not a short answer situation. This is something where the entire restructuring needs to happen and it needs to happen now. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy, you go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder 
and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great, you'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Yeah, and I'm planning to talk to a, a good governance expert, an independent governance expert, to see what they think U.S. soccer should do. Um, because, uh, there's a lot quite obviously, um, you had written something this morning, uh, on Liga MX and what's going on with that. What's the latest? Yeah. Just a quick update on Liga MX, which, uh, you know, by the time the weekend was beginning was the last North American <laughs> soccer league standing, uh, defiant albeit uh, negligent in a way you know uh as uh, most of you may or may not know if you follow the league um league mx uh, from around thursday evening was saying no nope, that the league's gonna continue uh friday night had two matches uh with fans um and saturday with four matches in the men's side and a few other matches in the women's side uh by saturday afternoon they changed their th- tune by saying it would now be played behind closed doors and then on Sunday afternoon as Cruz Azul was playing Club America a very important game in the standings uh, Liga MX once again changed its tune by saying that this would be the last one and it would suspend the league um, until further notice so it's just been a real sort of dilly-dallying mentality from Liga MX, uh, procrastinating. And there are many facets to this. And as you mentioned, the piece will come out later. It's not that long, but it's really just an update on what everything's been going on and and kind of a parallel to how uh, the government in Mexico had been taking, uh, you know, coronavirus not that seriously. The president literally this weekend was touring rural areas in Mexico, shaking hands, hugging kissing constituents and he tweeted it to his 6.5 million followers so you know even though the cases are not as large as its northern neighbor they are climbing you know uh, as of sunday night it was around fi- i think 53 at least 53 cases in mexico and that was a bump from 41 the day before so you know that the numbers are climbing there was a huge musical music concert in mexico with with people attending so the league liga mx was pretty much following this sort of notion and uh, luckily by sunday afternoon it said that the cruz azul uh club america game was going to be the last one uh if you want even more irony grant that game which was won by cruz azul won nothing by uh, scored by jonathan rodriguez a uruguayan striker who's the league's top scorer right now but in the 99th minute grant uh club america were awarded a penalty and in steps um Club America to try and take that penalty and it's saved by Cruz Azul's goalkeeper and what's the name of Cruz Azul's goalkeeper? Jesus Corona. 
<laughs> you can't get more ironic if you tried. So uh, that was the last piece of action, and now there's no uh, Liga MX until further notice. But again, it was just this back and forth uh, from Friday, Thursday night on just how this was just looking. And, and really, it really should have just happened way before. It just it obviously didn't take it as seriously. Yeah, I think we're learning whether it's in sports leagues or things that have nothing to do with sports, just political leaders, that uh, leadership uh, comes from taking action, not in trying to play down things. I think there was a real confusion that uh, you would panic people if you took action, but it's kind of the opposite. Um, and, and, I, and that's on both sides of the political spectrum. I think Mayor de Blasio here is a Democrat in New York, uh, was pretty terrible yep. uh, for, <laughs> for quite a while in playing down the situation. And finally on Sunday night, he started, you know, he closed the schools, as you mentioned, and seems to now being take, you know, taking decisive action, but it took way, way too long. Uh, this isn't a partisan thing, you know, it shouldn't be. This is uh this is a pandemic and you have to do what science tells you to do. You need to, uh, to show caution, uh, and any risks, uh, just, just shouldn't be taken at this point. Yep. Let's overreact in order to be safe. That's pretty much the, the, the consensus. I, you know, and luckily is, you know, people like you said are, are, are taking note. Well, uh, I'm glad we got a chance to connect today. I know there's not uh, soccer on the field to talk about right now, but uh, it makes me feel better to talk to you a little bit. Yes, my friend, equally. And next week, I'll promise, maybe we'll do a, a, a review of my FIFA matches. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care.